Welcome to another episode of Financial Freedom 101. I'm your host, Robert, and this is episode 17. Today's episode will be all about regulatory compliance in the property investment sector. We'll be reviewing several regulations that are affecting a lot of property investors in the UK, and while not all of them are new, they are all garnering questions of concern in Facebook groups, webinars, and virtual meetups. I know this is not the most exciting of subjects, but it's a subject that can have a significant impact on the way you do business, and more importantly, your bottom line. In the big scheme of things, regulations are good as it helps to protect you, your investors, your tenants, and the general public. Unfortunately, however, while a regulation may be seen to be beneficial to one group, they normally also have a negative impact on another group, and those are a few of the regulations we will visit today. One of the biggest regulatory changes that has been made recently is a change to the UK Stamp Duty Land Tax, or SDLT for short. For most, stamp duty isn't anything new and has been a tax that all property investors have had to account for since it was introduced in 2003 with the last major change occurring in 2016 when an increase of 3% tax was added for the purchase of a second home or investment properties. However, at the end of 2020, Parliament passed a new regulation that added an additional 2% tax on all properties purchased by non-resident investors. This includes both international investors and UK citizens living abroad. The main reason the new regulation came into effect was really as a cooling measure for property prices in popular investment locations like London, Oxford, and Manchester. This was a way for the government to discourage wealthy foreign investors from coming in and driving up property prices for UK residents, all while helping to bring in much-needed tax revenue aimed at helping with the growing rough sleep problem throughout the country. For many international investors like myself, this came as a big concern as 2% can add thousands of pounds to the purchase price of a property, even though you may not be focusing on these popular locations. For instance, with the property we are in the process of purchasing, we are looking at having to pay almost £6,500 in stamp duty instead of the normal £4,500 for a £130,000 property. When the law was first enacted, many of us had the same question. If we purchased the property through a limited company, would we still be responsible for the additional stamp duty? Just as an FYI for those of you who are just starting out your property investment journey, purchasing a property through a limited company has many advantages to it, namely the fact that a UK registered company is seen as a local entity. What this means is, that the company is treated like a UK resident for things like generating credit history or for loan purposes. Therefore, it was assumed by many of us that this would protect us from the stamp duty increases. Unfortunately, this was not the case as Parliament included an exception for what they call close companies or those companies whose owners or majority owners are non-UK residents. So the question comes, how do we live with this additional stamp duty? Well, that answer is simple. We plan for it and we include it in our calculations. If we include the additional stamp duty into our calculations, we can see exactly how it will affect our bottom line. Depending on the property, you could try to negotiate a lower purchase price to offset the difference in stamp duty. 
you can look at your renovation budget and see how you might be able to trim the cost. Additionally, if you understand the stamp duty regulations, you might even be able to avoid stamp duty altogether. Is a property you are purchasing uninhabitable on the day of contract exchange? Is your property a mixed-use property, such as a shop house, or are you buying multiple properties in one transaction? All of these scenarios can actually help you reduce or eliminate your stamp duty liability. When it comes to stamp duty, here's another tip for you. A conveyancing solicitor, a solicitor that supports the purchasing of a property, is not a tax lawyer and is likely to include SDLT in your purchasing costs as it's a normal part of the transaction. If you think you should not be paying stamp duty or should be paying a reduced stamp duty, consult a tax lawyer. Although this may cost an additional three to 500 pounds for tax advice, it could end up saving you well over 6,000 pounds for the purchase of a 130,000 pound property. The next regulatory change is actually one that is currently being looked at by Parliament and is likely to go into effect in 2020. It's an increase in the minimum required energy proficient certification, or EPC for short, rating for rental properties. Like the SDLT, the EPC regulations came into effect back in 2007 and has been a regulation that property investors have had to deal with ever since. This regulation is actually a good thing as it is meant to ensure houses are operating more efficiently and are environmentally friendly, which means lower energy bills for you and your tenants. Initially, the law required all rental properties to have a minimum rating of F on a scale from A to G in which A is most efficient and G is the least efficient. But in 2018, this changed to a minimum rating of E for all new rentals. Now the government is looking at changing it again and requiring all properties to have a minimum rating of C by 2025, although at this point nothing has been approved. There are several concerns that property investors have with this change, with the main concern being costs. The majority of properties in the UK were built in the early 1900s, and although they have likely been upgraded and renovated over the years, they still lack a lot of the more efficient materials used in new builds. We are currently in the process of purchasing a property with an EPC rating of E, and based on the assessment, upgrading this to a C would cost us over £14,000. That's a lot of money to put into a property for upgrades that are only likely to save us seven to eight hundred pounds per year. The argument against the change is the fact that since the regulation was enacted in 2007, there has only been one change to it. It took Parliament over a decade to increase the EPC requirement one level. But less than five years after the last change, they want to increase the EPC requirement by two additional levels. Luckily, at least based on the research done, Parliament recognizes the issues that could result due to these changes and are actively looking at the proposal before signing it into law. While I do not doubt this regulatory change will pass Parliament, I foresee a number of changes to it and exemptions being added before it's ultimately approved. So, like the stamp duty tax, the question is, 
How do we live with the knowledge of the impending EPC change? While many investors are cautious and are considering avoiding purchasing new properties until the EPC regulations have passed Parliament, I would say this pending regulation change is actually opening up a lot of opportunities for investors. Yes, we will need to anticipate the worst-case scenario, but the most likely scenario is that this change will be done in phases and a price cap will be included for exemptions to be made. Most experts actually think this price cap will be set at around £10,000, meaning if it costs more than £10,000 to upgrade your property to a C rating, your property would be exempt from this regulation, although I expect caveats will apply. When buying a property, however, anticipating the change could allow you to negotiate a discount of the purchase price especially if you are buying something with a low to mid E rating. Buying the property now would actually allow you to slowly make the necessary upgrades to your property over several years as well. Finally, as most EPC surveys are very general and require the surveyor to make a lot of assumptions, such as whether or not there's insulation in the outer walls or under the floorboards, you can request a level three structural survey of the building and kill two birds with one stone. When buying a property, you always want to make sure you have a survey of the property done. I personally would recommend at least a minimum of a level two home buyer's report survey. But if you go with a level three structural survey, you can verify key EPC assumptions. While the standard assumption for older properties will be that it's lacking insulation in multiple areas, if the survey confirms that the outer walls or under the floorboards are actually insulated, not only would this save you thousands of pounds in renovation costs, but it could actually raise a mid-E rating to a mid or even high D rating. At the end of the day, This is not a regulation that will go away and will likely only get stricter as the UK moves towards its goal of net zero carbon emissions by 2050. The last two regulations that we will discuss are regulations that have actually been around for a while but only affect certain locations. Despite most of the regulations being uniformly enforced throughout the UK, different councils have the ability to enforce council-specific regulations. While they cannot relax regulatory standards approved by the UK government, they can actually increase them either for the whole council or for specific postal codes within the council. The two regulations that we will discuss directly affect those that invest in house and multiple occupations or HMOs. These regulations include selective licensing and room bandit council tax. Selective licensing is a law that gives local authorities the power to introduce licensing requirements for all privately rented properties in a given area. Normally, this regulation has only impacted HMOs as obtaining a license for HMOs is a common practice throughout the UK anyways. However, there have recently been a surge in cases where standard buy-to-lets or renting out single-family homes have started to be impacted by this law as well. If your property is impacted by selective licensing scheme, it could cost you $400 or more to obtain a license. 
and there are stiff penalties for non-compliance. The good news, however, is that it is very easy to see if this regulation will or will likely affect your purchase. There are specific conditions that must be met in order for a council to implement the selective licensing scheme, with the main criteria being high crime and poorly kept rental properties. In addition to doing your basic due diligence on the property and the neighborhood itself, you can also review the council's website to find out if the selective licensing scheme is in place for the postal code that you are researching. Believe it or not, this is actually a good regulation as it is put into place to address slumlords, high crime, and generally improve the living conditions of a specific area. I know a lot of investors that invest in these types of areas because you can get great deals on investment properties and the demand will always be there for low-cost rentals. In addition to this, if the scheme is able to achieve its intended goal for the area, property prices will see a larger-than-average increase. The last regulation to address is the Room Bandit Council Tax. This is not actually a new regulation, but is one that is highly contested whenever it is implemented. Regardless of where you invest in the UK, your property will be subject to council tax. And if the property is an HMO, the landlord is the one that actually pays that council tax. The vast majority of the time, the council tax is associated with the entire property. However, if certain conditions are met, this tax could be applied per room. If and when a room bandit council tax occurs, it could wipe out any cash flow you could have expected from that property. Just imagine going from paying £150 per month for a four-room HMO to paying £150 per room per month. I don't know about you, but our four-bed HMO nets around £500 per month after management fees, standard operating expenses, and mortgage payments are deducted. This is also before we take into consideration any insurances, council tax, or other general fees we may have to pay throughout the month. As you can see, a room bandit council tax can very quickly end up costing you money each month. However, like the selective licensing scheme, you can find out if your property would be affected or determine the criteria that would cause it to be affected by the room bandit council tax. In most cases, the room bans will apply to any room that the council deem as a self-contained unit. Although each council can have its own definition, this would typically indicate that the room has at least an ensuite and possibly some sort of kitchenette. While you may like to include these amenities to attract tenants, it could have a negative impact on your bottom line. Before you buy, you need to do your due diligence and ensure you know the regulations for the specific council. If including en-suites would incur the per-room ban, one option you could consider would be to include out-suites or dedicated bathrooms that are not accessible from inside the room. It gives the individual their own bathroom, but as it is not accessible from the room, it may avoid being considered a self-contained unit. At the end of the day, regulations are a way of life and will never go away. In fact, 
Regulations are likely to change over time as well, so it's important that you continue to monitor and stay up to date with everything that is affecting your properties. Some regulations may have a positive impact on your properties, while others will have a negative impact. The trick is to understanding the regulations and to change the way you look at them. At the end of the day, you have to learn to live with them, but as long as you plan for them, you can minimize their impact. Are you new to property investing and not sure about the regulations that could affect your investment? Do you want to know more of how to change your thought process when it comes to viewing and living with these regulations? If so, visit our website and drop us a line. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode, and we hope you got something out of it. As always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this episode. And until next time, have a great week ahead.